I hope you're ready for some hardcore Vin Diesel action, because this week, Leah Russell and I are watching Pitch Black. Thank you for joining us. Very excited to have Leah Russell here this week to watch Pitch Black, a movie I have never seen before. I managed to avoid for quite a long time, almost two decades. Uh, But I've wanted to see it for a while, and this episode is when it all goes down. Before we get to that, I'm very excited to announce that the new Sci-Fi on Trial is out. Uh, This time we are debating The Happening, the M. Night Shyamalan film that I actually kind of like and I defended in the Sci-Fi on Trial. But that is available now. You can head over to scifiontrial.com to listen. I also released a bonus episode from The Trial of the Happening for my Patreon supporters as part of the Premium Sci-Fi Project podcast. So if you are one of my subscribers at $2 a month or more, you can access that as well. I did something a little different this time for the bonus episode where I had a bunch of sort of behind the scenes audio when the mics were rolling when we weren't actually talking about the film. So all of that's included in the bonus episode. And there's also a really great poop story and my chair breaks at one point. Lots of fun stuff. I hope you'll check it out. All right, my friends, here is my conversation with Leah Russell. We're going to watch Pitch Black and talk all about it. Strong survival instinct. I admire that. I promised him that we would go back with more light. Did you? Hmm. What are you afraid? Ha ha ha! Me afraid? Come on, Riddick. There's got to be some part of you that wants to rejoin the human race. Truthfully, I wouldn't know how. All right, well, welcome to the podcast, Leah Russell. Well, thank you so much. I'm very excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. We're going to watch Pitch Black. Hell yeah, we are. (laughs) I've never seen it. I'm so excited. It's a great uh, classic Vin Diesel film. I feel like it's a very underrated film, personally. Interesting. Yeah. I will let you know if I agree. Yeah. (laughs) In in a couple of hours. (laughs) It's been quite a number of years since I've seen it myself. So we'll see also if I still have that opinion of it after I give it another watch. It'll be very exciting for a lot of reasons. (laughs) Uh, Well, we should... uh, Here, let's let's talk about you for a second, because you've never been on the show before. Yep, first time. Uh, tell tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I am a performer of sorts, and I consider myself an artist, creative type. I love to dance. I went to Cornish for acting. Uh, right now, I'm really focusing on dance and uh, writing mostly. Write a lot of poetry. And uh, yeah, I don't, I can't say that I know a ton about sci-fi, but I do always love uh, fantasy, things like that. I grew up around a lot of sci-fi, around Star Wars, uh, The Fifth Element in particular. Mm. My dad called me Lilu growing up nice. and I actually have a tattoo of that oh, you on do? my arm. Holy yes, shit, that's I do. so cool. Yes. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. A tribute. Uh, You've got like legit sci-fi cred. You're like I tattooed. I do, I know. <laughs> I always kind of forget that. I'm like, wow, I guess I have a reference to a sci-fi movie on my arm yeah (laughs) that's super cool yeah yeah i love that movie it's a great it's a 
fantastic movie. It's a weird movie where like the first time I saw it, I didn't know what to think and didn't quite enjoy it. And then yeah. every time since, I'm like, I like, was crazy. Brilliant. It is awesome. Yeah. It's so absolutely. fun. That's mm-hmm. I have to do a podcast about that movie. I'm shocked you haven't. I know, right? Isn't that I weird? I didn't pick that movie because I just assumed it had been done already. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, we could we could change direction right now. And watch Fifth Element, but I'm very excited about Pitch Black. I feel committed to Pitch Black because, again, it's like it's not a typical sci-fi movie that people think yeah. of. It's something like a little bit off the beaten track, but is a precursor to the very popular Chronicles, Chronicles of, of Riddick that came yeah. out later, which I don't think were that good. But I oh, like really? Pitch Black. I mean, well, I I remember like. I don't remember it all that well. So I guess I can't really say from a point of like, I just saw that movie and I thought it was blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but, um, but I remember seeing it whenever it came out when I was a teenager of some kind and being like, yeah, it was all right. But yeah. you, I expected it to be more closely related to Pitch Black as opposed to something like kind of that's totally separate, really, huh. except for like the character of Riddick is the only through line there gotcha interesting yeah. yeah it's uh i remember when pitch black came out it didn't quite um like cap the the ads didn't really capture me so yeah. i just didn't go see it yeah and then all these chronicles of riddick movies started to come out and they and i'm like is this i didn't even know it was a sequel to pitch black yeah. at first and then i figured it out eventually and then i became really intrigued by it because I, how many have there been three or four something like that yeah i think i want to say three i want to say trilogy <laughs> yeah and i know that vin diesel was trying to get another one made and mm-hmm. fans were super passionate about the series and vin diesel was really passionate about the series and then i became interested and then i've yeah. wanted to see pitch black for a while uh and then the other day we were well we should talk about how we know each other too because it's interesting yeah but the other day we were uh we were doing a thing and then <laughs> which i'll explain in a second and then uh we just started talking randomly about my podcast and yeah I'm like, well, what would you want to do if you ever wanted to come on a sci-fi show? And you said pitch black. And I was like, boom, <laughs> let's do it. And that yep. was like two weeks ago. And here we are. Yeah. Very exciting. I still totally stand by that choice. <laughs> cool. I'm yeah. I'm in. I'm super in. <laughs> yeah. So you so we met at a variety show a couple of years ago that yeah. we were both performing at. Mm-hmm. A Halloween variety show, wasn't it? Was it Halloween? Was that the was that the one where I tried to play Thriller and my keyboard had a malfunction? I think yes, I think so. <laughs> where it was like, everything was going great until my keyboard started holding notes I didn't want it to hold because uh, I, I didn't know what was happening. Like I was on stage and I had no idea what was oh, happening. God. But instead of turning on the 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 power switch to go with like the plug in the in, into a plug, I yeah. accidentally turned on the battery power and the batteries were dead. So the ah. keyboard was dying and restarting constantly because it was dead. And then every time it died, it would hold the notes on my synthesizer that oh, I had played last. God. So that was a... I, I had worked so hard on playing Thriller like one no. man. And I had like three or four synthesizers with me on stage that were all looping and I was doing it and it was great. And then all of a sudden it started to go horribly no. awry. Oh. Um, and I got some weird looks from people after, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to leave. This is yeah. a bummer. <laughs> no, oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. But these things happen. That, yeah. I mean, that's that's performance for you. Totally. Yeah. The yeah. unexpected. You totally prepare. and You're like, oh, it's going to be great. And then something in the moment happens. <laughs> yeah. You flip one switch the wrong way and all this, right. and all of that work is gone. Yeah. Especially when your performance is totally dependent on the technology. That's totally. always a crapshoot. <laughs> that stresses me out. I, Hell yeah. <laughs> solo, solo shows stress me out in general, but especially yep. that where I'm like bringing like a giant bag full of gear. Oh yeah. I mean, I still do that now with my current band, but at least 
uh, if my stuff breaks, someone else is on stage to look at while I try to fix it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you did, what was, you did some dance piece that I watched from backstage, like yeah. through a little peephole in the corner. <laughs> it was kind of like, yeah, it was a sort of burlesque-ish type That's right. movement yeah. piece sort of thing. It was like, I had this co- costume where it was like all white and I had this concept where it was like this innocent kind of virginal woman was then kind of like possessed by her own like inner sexual demons <laughs> and uh you know like i'd take off my glove and there'd be all these like marks there and i'd start scratching and eventually I, like the demon takes over and she's all sexual and then i start eating myself and i'm like getting <laughs> off and the blood dripping on me and stuff that was pretty fun <laughs> it was great it was yeah it was very good i was impressed that was one of those things where it was like i had a loose outline for the performance and like some specific moments but then like it was like every time i rehearsed it it was always a little different even though i kind of wanted it to be the same every time and so after i went up there people were like oh that was really cool i was like great i'm not exactly sure what i did except like i remember the eating the blood part vividly and just like (laughs) the whole time the whole like you know big moment of it was that like you know i turn around this one point and i like kind of rip off my dress like werewolf style (laughs) and like in my bra i had hidden these little blood capsules and so i had to have this like quick little moment where i just like popped them in my mouth and like i was just so thankful that those blood capsules didn't like pop in my bra or like (laughs) fall out from underneath during it and that that moment went great so i was like as long as that moment works we're fine so I was happy with it in the end. That's fantastic. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, I had to I had to use fake blood on stage once and it was very so fun. much fun. It's very fun. But it was nerve wracking. Like, oh, yeah. You're just like, I don't know if this is going to work. And like yeah. all it has to do is get on your face. But it's right. still <laughs> scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like worried the blood capsules weren't going to like pop right. Or, you know, there's so many whenever there's, you know, like live elements right. like that in performance it's yeah it's totally nerve-wracking when you have to rely on anything to do anything yes it's fucking nerve-wracking mm-hmm. even other people oh yeah yep but that's what i prefer is relying on other people because if yeah. if another person screws up uh if you know each other well enough you can all bounce back from it immediately mm-hmm. and no one will know right uh and it, it seems to spread out the luck among the other people you're performing yeah. with so little littler things go wrong instead of mm-hmm. like a massive thing that's not fixable on stage you right know? exactly i feel like that's pretty rare yeah. for the most part but yeah and it's <laughs> yeah there have been a couple times when i've been the person to like drop the ball a little bit there's one time in high school or the crucible and i was mary warren and like <laughs> i was supposed to come on with this doll and like one night it was like one time one night i forget that prop and like you know goody proctor or whatever like john proctor (laughs) is like says some has some line like asking me about the doll and i (laughs) kind of pause have this moment where i realize i'm like oh god i don't have the doll oh no and then I, i go um one moment, Mr. Proctor. <laughs> like, I covered it up fine, but I like run off stage and I'm like, where the fuck's the doll? And like Whoa. I get the doll and go back on stage and everything was fine. I don't think it was terribly noticeable, but yeah. like, oh, I will always remember that. You always remember the times when you mess right. up. <laughs> like from 10 years ago, I'm like, God, I messed up in that sophomore play. I was. <laughs> oh my God, right? Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. To- they haunt you. Yes. They haunt you. <laughs> like at least I covered it somewhat but yeah. still i'm like god i still smack my head about that <laughs> totally i played a show with mugatu once where i broke uh, i broke i think i broke 
Okay, no, I remember what I did. I brought a new bass that I'd never used on stage before, and I broke the input on it because it was like a someone gave it to me. It was yeah. a piece of crap bass, but it was really light, and I do a lot of jumping, so I want it to be <laughs> more uh, easily airborne because mm-hmm. my bass is really heavy. But yeah. I have this like amazing bass guitar that I love to death. Uh, so, but I, I played one show at this other base and it broke like halfway through the show. Oh. So no sound was coming out of it. So then, uh, my bandmate Barton had a spare guitar cause we, we play hard. So yeah. <laughs> I picked up his spare guitar and started playing bass lines on that. And then I broke the, the, the E string, the low E string, which is the one that I was playing most yeah. of my stuff on. Oh no. Um, and then by the end of the show on my second instrument, a couple strings down, still had a great show and it was so much fun that's awesome yeah i just like that that band was the first time i ever just decided who cares what happens just like have fun on stage Mm -hmm. because the most important thing is like being on stage is fucking great it is great and like so fun if you're enjoying yourself up there even if you totally mess up people will enjoy people will totally embrace it as long as you embrace whatever is happening totally yeah yeah like a willingness to just pivot and move with whatever's happening on stage Mm -hmm. and just do that instead uh, yeah. and just say that that was the thing that's People fine love it. Yeah. yeah totally i mean no one no one cares about your preparation time no one cares about no. all like this hard work you've done to make sure all these synthesizers <laughs> line up no, correctly <laughs> like they only care if you like uh if you dance around like a diva and have a good time on stage exactly as long yeah. as you just like feel yourself and whatever exactly. it is you're doing people are totally there with you totally because people you know when people go to a performance they're there to enjoy themselves they're there right. to enjoy the performer and whatever is given to them whatever happens in the moment totally. you know yeah. yeah. and being a performer a big part of that is being able to uh think on your feet and oh yeah and do something entertaining <laughs> In the, in the moment when you have mm-hmm. to. <laughs> yep. Yep. Do you go into like a hyper aware state when you get on stage? Yes and no. It's like I I definitely go into like the zone, yeah. so to speak. But I don't know. It feels hyper aware in the moment where uh-huh. it's like I'm kind of on, it feels like. But then after the performance, it all just feels like a blur. And I'll be like, I don't know yeah, 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 what totally. I did, really. Yeah. You know, it's like I'll maybe think of like certain little moments. But as a whole, I'm kind of like, I'm not entirely sure of what happened. I know it felt good. And yeah. like in the moment, I understood what was happening. It's not like I was up there like, you know, totally fumbling my way through it it's like i'll feel like oh yeah i'm doing really good i'm like channeling something or whatever but then afterward i don't um it's all kind of a blur yeah yeah Mm -hmm. that's actually very similar to my experience Mm -hmm. like i'll be on stage and i feel like i have the most exquisite control of my body and i can just uh i can react to anything i can do anything Mm -hmm. and i feel like perfectly at one inside of myself and i'll get off stage i'm like how do i feel like that later and you can't you know like (laughs) like how how do i make the decisions that i made on stage later what did i even do why did i do that i have Mm -hmm. no idea it's just yeah and i've just learned to trust myself that that thing will will turn on when i'm on stage because i don't think it's ever it's never failed to turn on i have i have done fucked up stupid things on stage before but like that (laughs) that like hyper awareness of being on stage Mm -hmm. is always there when i need it that yeah it's like that focused adrenaline yeah that totally. like heightens your decision making that yeah it just kind of heightens all of your senses that kind of yeah. works together and yeah it gives you that extra energy boost yeah when you're up there yeah yeah like i was when i was in the tiny baby talk show when i'd have lines i'd be so afraid i was gonna forget them because uh, I, I was in the house band so we just played music but every once in a while dan would give us some lines uh dan derosier who's been on this show 
a few times. Uh, he'd mm-hmm. give us lines, and then we'd like I'd have to memorize shit, and that was scary because I'm I'm not so good with the with the words. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like when I was on stage, they were always there, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was it's it's bizarre. It's really cool. Yeah. I man, I'm curious like what happens to the brain when you perform. It's such a wonderful oh, yeah. feeling, mm-hmm. and it's so like it's such a vital part of my life like i haven't been on stage in in a while right now Mm -hmm. uh, and i miss it like so desperately i know yeah it's the same for me too it's like i think of i'm like oh yeah like teaching is kind of like performing too but it's and in a way it is but it is a different thing when you're like putting your art up there in front of all these witnesses your art whatever that might mean but um but yeah it is it's this totally special kind of feeling that you get from performing something and so yeah i know i'm itching i'm itching to do it again soon totally Mm -hmm. so a couple of uh i guess maybe a month and a half ago or something like that you posted up a random facebook post saying that you wanted someone to film some dancing yep and i jumped on that because Mm -hmm. i've got this great camera that i bought so that like i could make videos for my various sci-fi things and but i love shooting stuff yeah. i bought this camera and i i almost always use it to shoot myself and <laughs> which is not nowhere near as much fun as like yeah. being behind a camera i mean i love being in front of a camera but mm-hmm. i need someone else there to use the camera yeah in that right. situation <laughs> and I, it's like a, a vital part of my relationship with my own camera to be behind the camera mm-hmm. sometimes uh, and then I've always wanted to film dance also. Yeah. So I saw that post and I got really excited and I messaged you and then we ended up having a day a couple of weeks ago where yeah. you just did improv dance and I filmed it and I got this like steady cam thing to follow mm-hmm. you around with. And it was super, 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 super fun. Like I had yeah, so much was, fun. It was awesome. It was yeah. a great experience for me. It was something that I had wanted to do and play around with for a while, but you know, just didn't know you know any camera people who had the time or like interest to do something like that and i also just wanted somebody who was going to have the same kind of sense of play going into it that Mm. i had of just kind of like going and experimenting and seeing what happens seeing what works what doesn't work you know it's like a lot of times when you get somebody to film it's like they want to have a plan they want to know which i totally get but i was like that's not really where i'm at with this right now i'm just in the experimentation phase so i was so glad that you responded to that and were so willing to just go there with me it was really really awesome and it was super fun and really uh educational (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then hopefully eventually you'll have some stuff online for people to see yeah i'm hoping very soon to have that yes and then do you have do you have a website set up I mean, I know you don't have any of this done and ready. Yeah. The website is in the works currently. <laughs> cool. So so what can people... Because like this podcast will be out there forever. So mm-hmm. if people hear this in the future, where where should they go? Uh, you can go... There will be a Leah Russell uh, performer uh, Facebook page that cool. you can go to where there will be, you know, information on all that kind of stuff. There was a LeahRussell.com for a bit. But I think that website is going to retire itself to something mm. else. <laughs> yeah. There will be uh, a YouTube channel forthcoming awesome. with uh, various dance videos. Yeah. And I'm sure so. if people just look up Leah Russell, they'll find you. That's right. And I'll post the link <laughs> when it's done because I'm excited about it. Yeah. Awesome. You want to watch this fucking movie? Yeah. I'm, I'm really pumped about this. <laughs> so we're going to watch Pitch Black. My first ever Pitch Black experience. We're going to get our Vin Diesel on. Oh, hardcore. And then we'll, then we'll be back and we'll talk more about it. Awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> Finally found something worse than me, huh? So here's the deal. 
You work without chains, without bit, and without shivs. You do what I say when I say it. For what? Down there going back to some asshole of a cell? Fuck you. The truth is, is I'm tired of chasing you. Are you saying you'd cut me loose? I'm thinking you could have died in a crash. My recommendation to me. Don't take the chance that I get shit happy on your wannabe. Okay. Ghost me, motherfucker. That's what I would do to you. All right, so we just watched Pitch Black. I almost yes. said something different. I'm like, what's the name of the movie we just watched? <laughs> Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I had it's really entertaining. It's very entertaining. It I held up. It yeah. held up. I the first half of the movie, I was like, I don't know if I like this movie. I was I was getting worried honestly during because yeah. I was like, <laughs> man, do I just remember this movie not nearly as awesome as it is? But the second <laughs> half really redeems it. It really, yeah. yeah. The second half was great. Like when the mm-hmm. lights go down, the movie was awesome. Totally. And like that when when they wrap so themselves up. up in those like neon glowy lights and walk out. Yeah. It was so cool. Yeah, and there's all the creatures like surrounding them and watching them. Yeah. Which, yeah really totally. Cool. I feel like it was kind of kind of a B movie, but it wasn't sure if it was a B movie or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and when it embraced its B moviness, it was great. Mm-hmm. When it tried to be like serious and dramatic, it it was not. Yeah. Like the first half. <laughs> I know. I did like the opening sequence, though. Yeah, the opening sequence I, is super interesting. It, yeah, I love like his monologue, which I, <laughs> we have to talk about Vin Diesel's voice. His voice is amazing. It's so nice. <laughs> 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 but um, and yeah, and like the way that monologue was written and like the way he did it, it almost had this like poetic spoken word feel yeah, to it. Totally. And I really dug it, especially underneath like that being the main audio and then all the like you know flashing lights and the sleeping people and the crashing ship was really a lot of interesting layers going totally on. yeah i really liked i really liked the intro and i liked that the captain was gonna dump everyone out into space and decided not to mm-hmm. uh she's gonna save her own ass and she pulled the lever like she tried yeah uh, and then i really liked that I really, I really, I think what really put the movie over the top for me into the I like this movie category was her character arc and Rick's character arc. The fact mm-hmm. that there was actually character arcs in the movie. I was like, oh, this totally. is great. Where she had already tried to kill everyone to save herself. And then in the mm-hmm. end, she can't make that decision again. Right. And then her sacrifice seems to change Riddick somehow mm-hmm. where he's now maybe ready to enter the human race again. And now yeah. I want to watch the other movies. <laughs> cool. I, I was thinking that at the end, too. I was like, well, now I really want to re watch the others to see where they go with it. Cause I remember, I know they go somewhere like totally different with the Riddick plot line. They go like way further with it and stuff. But yeah, I just think the, the character arc was interesting. It was like, yeah, her final show of real compassion and empathy and transformation made him have some kind of hope for yeah. humanity again or, or feel like feel something mm-hmm. it seems like maybe he was uh well, he was such an interesting character totally I think, I think that's also something i didn't like about the first half as much is that there was not as much riddick right and when he was on yeah. screen i was interested in the mm-hmm. first half uh but when he wasn't on screen i got a little i, I was just like oh this is a little sexist and a little racist and i'm not yeah. sure <laughs> but yeah riddick totally like ties it together in this yeah, interesting way because totally. he brings this uh interesting element of like this totally different character i was really interested in the idea of the 
anti-hero in this movie because mm-hmm. we see a lot of mm-hmm. anti-heroes you know yeah. it's uh, it used to be i mean this is this is not the newest movie anti-heroes used to be kind of a big deal mm-hmm. and i remember when this came out that that was the thing that was kind of the selling point was that yeah was that the main character, the hero of the movie was kind of an anti-hero. Right. Um, and I actually felt like this was a really good portrayal of an anti-hero. Someone who's kind of likable. Uh, and but is actually, but isn't that great at the same time? I think, yeah, totally. I think yeah, that's he was what a, I was saying Like before. a straight up bad guy. I mean, he was going to leave them there, you know, when he got yeah. to the ship. Uh, and he doesn't try to hide it at any yeah, point. He's totally. like, I'm a convict and a murderer. And he's never, you know, he's very unapologetic. And he, you know, makes it clear that he's not to be trusted. Totally. He will kill you without a second thought. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, but it, yet you empathize with him. Totally. It's like you like him throughout it because he does add like this also this weird element of humor. Yeah. To it. Totally. And, yeah. He's so, yeah. He's just like really, really, really charming. Yeah. <laughs> Even though totally. he's like sadistic and awful, uh, he's very charming. <laughs> totally. And you totally want to be his friend. And the yeah. fact that, that, uh, and you're like, you don't want anything bad to happen to him. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but but so my favorite scene of the movie was when the captain, I can't remember anyone's names except for no. Riddick, and Jack, yeah. which was the, the young boy who turned out to be a girl. Yes, which is awesome. That was awesome. And we need to talk about that. Yeah, that's but a whole other thing. That's a whole thing. <laughs> my, my favorite scene was when... Uh, when the captain confronted Riddick, when Riddick was about to take off and the captain's like, mm-hmm. no, you need to stay and help us. And he's like, yeah. why don't you just come with me? Cause I'm yeah. going to leave you here anyway. Right. You that- can come with me and then I won't leave you here. Such a great moment. Yeah. And she just kind of knows that she, she knows that she can't take him in a fight, but she still attacks him mm-hmm. because she, fu- she feels like she can get her will across, you know, Yeah. which I loved. I mm-hmm. loved it. I loved it so much. And it worked, which was super cool. Yeah. She brought out this like human part of him that had been buried somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can totally extrapolate this backstory for him. I feel like I I knew, I feel like I had a really good idea of where he came from. Yeah. Even though they didn't talk about it that much. Mm-hmm. So yeah, by the time the movie was, was done, I was like, this was good. You know, like this actually yeah. took me on a ride and I feel like there was layers and depth and this message of hope at the end. Mm-hmm. And it was visually uh, interesting. Yeah. There were a lot of really interesting shots in there. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of moments of surprise. Yeah. Like w- with that one guy when he like flashed the fire in the dark and there was all the things that oh was yeah that totally. was such a cool moment it was super cool yeah i also really like the quirky charm of the movie because it's not mm-hmm. like the best made movie ever you yeah know? <laughs> oh and they know it they yeah. know it <laughs> yeah yeah totally and sometimes sometimes like, they go the, like, for vision. the artsy shot and yeah. sometimes it's not really necessary or appropriate <laughs> yeah. and it's kind of cute <laughs> mm-hmm. and but i also wonder if that's like like we said, we did watch the uh, unrated, oh, watched the unrated director's yes. cut. So we forgot to mention this. Yeah, yes, this is important information. This is not the original. We don't know how different it is necessarily from the original. No, it'd be an interesting comparison. But yeah, the, so there's a question I was wondering throughout it because there was more gratuitous violence than I remembered. There's not a yeah. There's not a ton, but there's a fair amount, especially yeah. I would say in the first half. People More. get people get ripped in half a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, like there's not just one person get ripped in half. Yeah, two people get ha- ripped in half. <laughs> yeah, at least two. Yeah, <laughs> it was intense. Yeah, and you don't remember the you don't remember that from the other version. Not I, okay, really, but then again, I want to pull I up the Wikipedia and check what's different because now I'm curious. Yeah, I'd be curious too, but also to be fair, I saw Pitch Black on TV. 
listening growing up. So there would be a very different version. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when we were watching it, uh, usually when there's a director's cut, I usually check first to see what's better. Mm Because fans will usually tell you, you know. Yeah. Like uh, like Lord of the Rings, you have to watch the extended editions. There's yeah. so much better. Yeah. But totally. Blade Runner, you want to watch the final cut, in my opinion, which is the one that the last one that came out in 2007. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's Donnie Darko, where you want to watch the original cut because the director's cut, apparent according to Ryan, I mean I haven't seen the director's cut, but according to my friend Ryan, we just did a podcast about this. He says that the the director's cut adds back in too much information and it actually ruins the mm. mystery of the movie. Yeah, and that's part of what makes Donnie Darko so great. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I so I'm that's okay, let's look it up because I'm really curious about what people say about the version that we just watched. I almost want to say the version we just watched would have been better with some choice editing. So I would say yeah. maybe like the director's cut isn't the ideal version. I was thinking the exact same thing. I was thinking this is edited a little sloppy mm-hmm. a couple of times. Yeah. Yes. I thought, yeah. Yeah. Especially towards the beginning. So I want to yeah. say they like added in more shit they didn't need. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Okay, let's see. I got I got this open. Who All was right. the director? <laughs> Pitch Black, uh, titled The Chronicles of Riddick, colon, Pitch Black on its DVD release. <laughs> That is wordy. Uh, is a 2000 science fiction action horror film co-written and directed by David Toohey. Uh, the year 2000. Not like, a, this is a 2000 science fiction film. That sounds like a, here's the 1000 brand science fiction film yeah, and here's the, the 2000 brand. Weird. No, it's a year 2000 science fiction movie. What's that, 17 years ago? That's a fucking long time Oh my ago. God. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And I remember oh. this coming out and people watching it. Wow. It means I'm old. <laughs> All right. So, uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Where's the good information? Pitch Black was the final film credit of Polygram Filmed Entertainment, which merged with Universal Pictures during production. It was shot on a modest budget of twenty-three million, <laughs> despite mixed reviews. Isn't modest that crazy? That that's a mod- modest budget. I told like twenty-three million. I will never see twenty-three million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that's why, if I had had liquid in my mouth, I would have just sputtered it everywhere. I was like, huh. <laughs> 23 million so yeah. modest but yeah for hollywood i mean for especially for a sci-fi fantasy action film that's yeah that's low very low totally and i mean there were moments you could tell but they did a lot with it yeah they did a lot with it yeah and it was so, i kept thinking throughout the movies like wow this shot looks incredible that spaceship looks amazing and then mm-hmm. like 30 seconds later there would be awful cg and it would be really right. confusing yeah <laughs> it's like what or happened like, the vision when they went to like the perspective of Riddick's vision or like the creatures. Yeah, vision, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a little questionable. Like totally. when the creatures were like this weird grayscale right. vision. Right. I didn't really get that yeah. choice. But you know, <laughs> it was, but, but I think part of what I liked about this movie is that by the end, I realized that I don't care. Like I'm yeah. enjoying this. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. actually doesn't matter that much. Like warts and all, this is great. Totally. Yeah. Uh, okay. Despite mixed reviews from critics, it was a sleeper hit, grossing over 53 million worldwide and developing its own cult following, particularly around the anti-hero Riddick. A sequel, The Chronicles uh-huh. of Riddick, was released in 2004. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, the same writer and director. <clears throat> and then a third film, simply entitled Riddick, was released in 2013, again with uh, Vin Diesel and, and Tui, the director. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Okay, scrolling down. Oh, that reminds me. Um, 
what is her name? Claudia Black. Claudia Black was in this. She's uh, the the British lady who got ripped in half. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she was in Stargate and Farscape. <gasps> that, I knew I recognized her from somewhere. I used to watch Stargate. Oh, you did? Yep. I love Stargate. Yep, I loved Stargate growing up. I remember that. It's so good. Yeah, I was really into it. <laughs> oh, my God. I've seen every episode of Stargate. I love it. <laughs> so, uh, there's this new show on NBC called Timeless. Have you heard about it? No, I don't think so. It's this time travel show where... Uh, it's basically Back to the Future, but with different characters. And I watched the first episode, and they have to go back because somebody's trying to prevent the Hindenburg from exploding so they can make it explode in a worse way or something. I don't know. It wasn't quite... We don't quite know yet. Yeah. Uh, but I watched the first episode, and the beginning of it was almost like a shot-for-shot remake of the Stargate movie. It was crazy. Whoa. It's like something weird happens in the very beginning, which, I mean, that was pretty different. But then it cuts to someone teaching... Uh, kind of like someone teaching and like someone else standing in the back watching them teach and then they like talk about some weird shit and then they go to an underground place to look at some weird thing that's spinning it was so similar Whoa. to stargate it was like blowing my mind weird and kind of, and also it was basically just stargate crossed with back to the future but <laughs> by the end of the episode i'm like well this was kind of cool and i want to see the next one <laughs> that sounds interesting yeah it wasn't bad but it, it wasn't like original and that was annoying mm. but it could get good i got sidetracked okay uh <laughs> Let's see. Oh, okay. <laughs> the unrated director's cut has two minutes of extra material. <laughs> oh, my God. What? That's like, why would you even make That's another version? so funny. Two that minutes. That is so gratuitous. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Wow. That's hilarious. Okay, so probably didn't make that big of a difference. No. Probably no. just a sloppily edited edited movie. Yeah, exa- <laughs> exactly. Like that in the moment with the knife, like that you mentioned, you were like, that's a weird moment to have slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> I bet I wouldn't be surprised if something like that wasn't edited in from the director. Yeah. I you know that, that he was like, ooh, that's kind of like an artsy shot. I'm going to throw that shit in there. Oh, you know? yeah. When he's when he's uh, he's like shaving his head with yeah. his goo and then wiping it on this bucket and they but, do it in slow motion. And it's and like, it's why? Really weird. Why did you do that movie? He just Yeah. He like uh, scrapes the shave goo off right. of his like crazy curved knife into this bucket and it does it all like slow. And it's like and it's really supposed dramatic. To be artistic. And we, and, yeah. But it's just kind of like, why? Yeah, I. It was it weird. Makes no sense. There was and several it just moments. Cut to something totally different. Yeah, totally. And it was kind of a useless scene between Riddick and that one. And that douchebag. Whole dude. Yeah. Douchebag Mc <laughs> McBroface. <laughs> yeah. I hated that guy. Oh yeah, he was just. But he was meant to be hated. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and actually, that was a big part of coming around to liking Riddick is because when they finally mm-hmm. fight, you're just like. Fucking yeah. kill him, Rick, yeah. please. Kill the shit out of him, and then you're <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting how you're on Riddick's side the whole time, you the know? The whole time, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Before, yeah, before anything, you're just like, this guy's cool. Yeah. Yeah. They present they him you, cool. Yeah, well, totally. Like yeah. I said, they even, like, started out with that monologue with just, like, the just, like, Vin Diesel's voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's just super, and you're like, yeah, that guy's cool. His voice is <laughs> kind of, is kind of, like... Uh, like really intensely awesome. Yeah, it is. Can you imagine possessing that voice? He needs to use it more. Yeah. Man, what 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 would you do if you had Vin Diesel's voice? God. <laughs> oh, 
would try to send so many messages to the world. I would just be like, <laughs> I feel like, what if Vin Diesel told you to go out and vote? Or like, <laughs> you'd be like, oh shit. Like if I have any chance of being cool, I have to do what Vin Diesel tells me to do. Right. Should use it for good. Right. That's funny. Cause I was thinking I would use it for sex. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's no, I mean, that's just a given. <laughs> you could literally just have people of any gender just falling into your lap whenever you want. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Much like Vin works. Diesel does. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, we have to talk about the girl. Yes. Uh, Jack is a boy. I don't know what the, I think just, we'll call her. I think they just kept calling her Jack. Yeah. But, okay, so this was interesting, actually, because when we started out the movie, I was like, oh, I remembered it being that character being a girl when I was a kid. And then I was like, oh, no, it's a little boy that just kind of looks girlish. And I felt disappointed halfway yeah. through the movie. Yeah, we took and a then, break halfway through to make a smoothie. <laughs> yeah, do a smoothie break. It and great. we were talking about that. And you're like, oh, man, I remember it being a girl. And and it was like this cool kind of gender bendy thing. And I was really into it as a kid. And now it's like. It's not a girl, and I'm disappointed. And mm -hmm. I felt I was like, "Wow, that would have been so cool if this was a girl." Because I I love the character, like taking on the persona of Riddick throughout yeah. the movie. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And I was like, "Wow, that would have been so powerful if it was a girl." Mm -hmm. And then we turn the movie back on, and and like ten minutes later, it's revealed actually <laughs> it's just been a girl in disguise as a boy. Yeah, and we so, were so excited. <laughs> I know it was such a great moment, and I even really liked how that. Uh, was revealed it's like yeah it's when they're out you know crossing the the darkness and they've got the glowy things around them and they're trying to figure out why all these things are so attracted to them right now it turns out the girl is on her period yeah and so they're attracted to the blood and i just kind of i don't know but i liked that moment that they weren't afraid to like go there with it i thought it was cool i liked mm -hmm. it yeah i liked I liked all the subtle hints throughout the movie that Riddick has like special powers, you know, Yeah. like he, he is this hyper aware sense of smell. Mm -hmm. He can rotate his arms. <laughs> yeah. He has the bendy joints. Which was so joints. cool. Mm -hmm. It was gross. Yeah. Was that was super, super cool. gross. Uh, and then he has this like special sight that I guess he modded himself while he was in prison. Right. <laughs> I didn't remember that either. I had remembered him as always being like a super race of human. Oh, okay. That he had like special eyes and yeah, these heightened senses. So it's really yeah. interesting to me now to watch it again and like kind of cross reference what's true with how I remember it. Yeah, that's so interesting. Were there other things throughout the movie that you can think of that were a little off from what you remembered them being? Um, The second half is much clearer than the first half. The first half, I don't really, I didn't really remember yeah. at all. I feel like any time I jumped in <laughs> on it on like TV or something, which was mostly how I watched it growing up, um, it'd be the second half on. Yeah. So that was really interesting. Um, so that's better. Mm-hmm. That's the better half. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, really. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, the first half did come off as like more sexist they were much yeah. more gratuitous with like the shots of the women looking sexy especially the, the captain yeah yeah mm -hmm. crawling into that hole with her butt in the air totally her knees were so far apart for no reason yeah like she was just posed and they rolled the camera she wasn't fucking crawling she was no. posed you know it was or really the other, weird the other woman from farscape what was oh her? uh mm -hmm. um 
Claudia Black. I don't know her yeah. character's name. Um, I don't remember either. But yeah. <laughs> the names weren't super uh, memorable, except for Riddick, no. of course. Yeah. But uh, but there was she was super sexualized. Yeah. She was just kind of eye candy. Like they had yeah. her in this like lace up tank top and these like tight pants, and it was like showing her belly. And there was like this mm-hmm. point where she was like down on the ground, like ducking from these things. But again, she's just posed. She's right. totally just posed too. Right. Like I don't like that kind of stuff. No, I know it. It rubbed me the wrong way, but then that stuff kind of like disappears in the second half. Yeah, because all the Cause all the women but one are killed. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and it's and it's dark, so you can't really see her body anyway. So yeah, and, they, <laughs> and they're in life or death situations. Yeah, they did a. But. So my my metric for that kind of shit is like if you do it equally among men and women, I'm fine with it. Mm. And it was not that in this movie, yeah. but I will say that they did, like. I don't know. They didn't really sexualize Riddick, though. They just kind of like no. hypermasculinated him. Is yeah. that a word? Hypermasculinated. That's Hyper-mascul- not. A, I'm sure that's not a word. It should be masculinated. <laughs> that cannot be a word. <laughs> I, masculine. I used to be way more effeminated, and then I went to a special camp, and now I've been emasculinated. Because <laughs> emasculated. That's is- no demasculated is a word. So you'd have to be like. Can you be emasculated? Ima- I was just saying like emasculinated. Emascul, yeah, that's emasculinated. Emasculinated. It's fun to I've say. I mas- No, it'd just be like masculinated. Masculinated. You want to put the little like vowel right. beforehand, but it's masculinated. Pitch black colon the masculinating. <laughs> the mas. <laughs> the masculination. <laughs> <laughs> so he was super masculinated and yeah. uh but not sexualized so yeah. which is also a problem like when when you uh i mean it's fun to have these like male heroes that are like the beefiest beefcake <laughs> in the world who can totally carry any battery across any <laughs> desert but yeah, uh but, and i like that kind of stuff i love that kind of stuff i'm not like i mean you know i fucking i fucking loved it it was great yeah. but uh but the movie didn't offer anything uh, new in in the regard of setting up characters mm-hmm. the characters were so cookie cutter except for riddick off the bat yeah. but even riddick is pretty much like your your cookie cutter badass badass yeah you know? yeah and i you know I, i'm trying to keep in mind that this came out at an earlier point in time when the anti-hero oh, yeah. was like newer and maybe totally maybe maybe riddick is the new thing in this movie like having an anti-hero mm-hmm. that you kind of uh love that much but i mean han solo's an anti-hero yeah, it's true. He's not as bad, though. Yeah. He's a smuggler with a heart of gold. Yeah. <laughs> Riddick's a murderer with a heart of ice. <laughs> yeah. No heart, really. Yeah, totally. And then at the end, he gets like a little flicker of a heart. Yeah. I liked that a lot, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of helps me get over how I feel like this movie's using tropes that I'm sick of. Yeah. When you when you, when you you kind of develop it into something else, that's cool. I'm, I yeah. dig that. Yeah, the moments where empathy came in for Riddick were really interesting yeah. like also when jack the little girl was yeah. uh almost killed by one of those creatures when it was like pinned between the bone and right the creature and riddick was about to get away and then he like pauses for a while like you think he's gonna go yeah and then he ends up coming back also once the other woman comes into play because the other woman comes in to help and that's when Riddick chooses to come back into the place. So I think there's like, there's not a love story within this, but you, throughout, def, uh, Riddick shows a soft spot 
for that one woman character, the captain. Yeah, I guess that's true. And and definitely for Jack as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But I would but yeah, it's like that moment where he didn't choose to help Jack until the captain. I see. Came. Yeah, totally. That's interesting. Yeah, I I liked that there were so many moments where you don't know if Riddick is going to run off and let everyone die or not. There yeah. was like there was like three or there, four of those moments. Yeah. At least. Mm-hmm. And every time I was like he's going to let him die. And they tricked me every time. Yeah, and I love that they yeah, really do it last minute. Yeah. And um yeah, that moment where he turns and decides to go back is always really interesting yeah to see and that's what those moments when like you're like oh god he's so great he really is a hero you know yeah those yeah are- and then and then they bring it back to him saying like i'm gonna leave you here later mm-hmm. on when he gets to the ship yeah and really that yeah i loved that scene that really mm-hmm. tied the whole thing together for me where it's like maybe his desire to help people is kind of warring with his desire to just take care of himself. Mm -hmm. And that's the moment where he goes back to his old ways and then is convinced not to. And it's cool. It's great. It's good shit. (laughs) Pitch black. Pitch black. I give it, I give it two and a half stars out of (laughs) four. Out of four. Okay. I, I feel like I got to rate it out of 10. Like a okay. bigger scale. That's fair. Let's do it. Because <laughs> I was, I thought about this after the movie, and I was like, "What do I honestly give Pitch Black?" By the end, I think I give it a six point nine. Six point nine or six point eight. Like right, 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 right around there. Like it's nice. a good movie, but it's not like great. The yeah. second half, you know, the first half kind of like second yeah. half is great. Yeah. And like how it all gets tied together is great. Yeah. It leaves me very satisfied. Yeah. But I don't think I'd want to watch it again because I didn't enjoy the first half so much. Yeah. I just want to watch it from the second half, like totally. how I grew up with it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that was totally the right way to see it. Yeah. It it reminded me so much of Alien. Yeah, there are a lot of similarities. Yeah. yeah. But Alien had this like incredible slow build over the first half mm-hmm. that's like so artfully done. Yeah. That this lacked. Oh, yeah, definitely. The build to this was not well done. They should have yeah. gotten to the point a lot faster. Yeah, and I was thinking the same thing, which is funny because I love character development and I mm-hmm. love like Jurassic Park. The, the first ca- half of Jurassic yeah. Park is the best half. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, the characters the, were terrible. Well, and the character development all happened in the second half as totally. well. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Like there was none of that in the first. It was just yeah. kind of, you know, the crash and then people getting violently killed and and then the lights yeah. go out yeah exactly and then the lights and then go out and it's cool yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah totally i really liked the the idea of having three suns all eclipse at the same time and then mm-hmm. having the planet basically turn into hell I, right i loved that idea i know yeah it's really cool like that extended eclipse that happened and like i i found myself wondering i was like how what do these creatures eat when the sun is out? Like what's under mm. in those tunnels? Cause there must be vast tunnels right. underneath for all those thousands and thousands of creatures to be living under ground there. Maybe they hibernate for 22 years and then they come out for Ooh, the long, for the long winter. That's an interesting idea. And then they're fucking hungry. And yeah. then there's like nothing to eat cause it's a dead planet and they're all upset about it. 
But then this I was one time, maybe they only feed when it like when they can get above ground. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Like that. And then this one time they get out, and it's like their big party because they get to go out like one day a year. Yeah, it's and their then purge. there's these like motherfuckers there trying to kill them, and like yeah. just let me eat you. And like, no, I'm gonna try to kill you. And Vin right. Diesel was such a dick at the end. He like, uh, he could have mm-hmm. just left the planet, but he waited to blow a bunch of them up, which well, was great. Would, but I mean, he did it moves. out of spite because yeah. they killed. The only woman he ever loved. Totally. Well, I, we don't know if that's true. I haven't seen the other movies. But. I would love to see a movie from the point of view, like a nature documentary from the point of view of the creatures. Yeah. And where you just like empathize with them. You're like, fuck these humans. Yeah. They're just trying to kill me. I'm just a shark trying to swim around. I just yeah. see some fucking meat kicking around in the water. Yeah, I've been waiting for 22 years to eat. Yeah. Let me eat you. Right. <laughs> Man. Okay. So if you're the captain of the ship mm-hmm. and... You oh, think shit. you can, and you think you can save everyone by pulling that lever and dumping the passengers. Wait, save everyone who? If I'm dumping the passengers, that's a very good question. That was very poorly worded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you can save yourself by dumping the passengers, oh, do you do God. it? I hope I wouldn't. I yeah, sure hope I that's would. That's a good I mean, answer. It would. De- I mean, oh man, it would probably also depend on if I knew the passengers or not. Mm. That's terrible, but it's. I mean. It's the honest truth. If it yeah. was like, you know, my family in there as opposed to like forest rangers or something like that, that's a different decision to make. Yeah, you keep the forest rangers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I want to say that in any situation, you know, of course, I want to be like, no, I'd, I wouldn't let anybody go. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know. We don't know what we're capable of. I feel like human nature is vast. And when we get into those kinds of situations, there's not... I don't know. There's not really way a way to predict. Yeah, totally. How it'll happen. I don't. I don't think I would. Only because I have like the worst guilty guilt. conscience. Yeah, the I don't guilt. think I could live with the guilt. I don't think. I think the guilt would stop. I think the guilt would stop me from saving myself. Yeah. I like my hand would be reaching towards it, and the guilt would be like "fuck you," yeah. and then I would just die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd probably get too boggled down by the decision and just die by waiting too long. Yeah. I think so. And, I think that's the one for me. And I'd probably be okay with that because I'd just be like, well, at least I didn't kill every, everybody and live with the guilt. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. How did you feel? How did you feel about the British guy who was really fussy and liked to have all of his nice things around him at all times? Oh, yeah. That was, I mean, just an unnecessary character yeah. for one. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that was like a... That was a very strange choice of character. I found myself wondering why, like what that brought and like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have these guys on the pilgrimage and they're all kind of like very stereotypical characters, Mm -hmm. you know, with incredibly one dimensional personalities. Yeah. And it was just obnoxious. Yeah. And then they, I mean, they killed those little boys one by one and it was gross. It was weird. terrible. It's a weird choice. All it of that was. was such a weird choice. Like, why did that need to be in the movie? And it didn't affect anything. It didn't. No, it you know, was like come just into to play. have more killings. Yeah. It was totally unnecessary. No, I was like, why did you have to kill the the little brown boys? Like, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just and then one by one. I mean, if you like watch Firefly, you have an antihero. With a, a man of God kind of trying to steer him in a better direction. And it's so compelling. Yeah. Have the same exact situation in this movie. And it just like fell flat a little bit. Because the, the man of God in this movie was 
like a terrible character. I did. Did you watch Community? He was in season six of Community. I haven't ever seen Community. That's like I I've seen him in a bunch of things, but I know him best from that. Mm. Uh, and it was like really funny to see him in this because I just finished watching Community. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his character had like nothing to add besides like trying to make Riddick feel something towards God. But I did like that scene a lot where Riddick says. Uh, I do believe in God, and I think he's a real motherfucker or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, I felt like this movie was, yeah. I mean, again, it was 17 years ago. It's just, it's definitely got some racist yeah. undertones to yeah. it, for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. unintentional racism. Yeah, exactly. They didn't maybe consciously know what they were doing, but I don't Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, they killed off pretty much all the people of color, like the little boys, which, of course, anybody of color, they pretty much had in a turban. Yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, they also killed off everyone else. Like, there was only three that's people true. left that's alive. That's true. And one of them was, uh, was the was preacher the, man. That's true. That's true. There was more people uh, of, of a color at the end than white people. There was only one white person left. The Jack. The, oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. So that's good. That's progress. That's- <laughs> that's yeah you're right you're right yeah but yeah no overall that stuff wasn't too bad again like the second half man they just need to cut off the first half of the movie yeah totally yeah yeah well i'm i'm out of pitch black things to say (laughs) yeah but i feel like we hit the major things yeah i would be i would be interested to watch the others yeah totally yeah i'm really interested now to see the chronicles of riddick yeah if you're down, I would love to do this again and watch, totally. watch the next one. We can so just watch down. all th- three or four. Um, I don't I just know. read the we'll article and I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Or until we get sick of them. Yeah, exactly. They're yeah. probably not all worth watching. But hey, maybe. Riddick yeah. is a pretty cool character. Yeah. Yeah. And Vin Diesel, I really, I like Vin Diesel a lot. I do too. He's very like captivating as a, as a performer. Yeah, actually he really, I was wondering about that i was like how will i like vin diesel's performance you know coming back after acting school and stuff because you know that shit does it teaches you to look at acting (laughs) differently but i really liked it i thought he was great actually yeah yeah he's really compelling yeah to watch Mm -hmm. uh well lee russell thank you so much for joining (laughs) me on the podcast uh it was we had so much fun it was awesome it was great it was so much fun yeah it's a great thing to revisit yeah. Yeah. And you're a natural podcaster. Why, thank you. Yeah. You're very good at it. We'll, we'll do this again. I'll, I'd love to do more. <laughs> Fantastic. And then we'll keep an, I'll post up a link to your dancing thing whenever it gets up. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, Hopefully it'll be up very soon. Yeah. I'm excited about it. I yeah. can't wait to shoot more video. Super fun. Me too. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll have you back soon. Awesome. We'll, thank you so much. I say we as if there's more. I'll have you back soon. <laughs> Me and Miles and I. Miles. Yeah. yeah Miles totally. too. Yeah. <laughs> After Lee and I finished recording this podcast, we were still feeling chatty. We weren't quite done. So uh, we smoked some weed and she stuck around and we talked for over an hour just about random stuff. We talked about creativity. uh, We talked about Donald Trump. We talked about uh, health food and all sorts of interesting stuff. Uh, Very stoned the whole time. Uh, Very hippie-ish conversation that I super enjoyed. And I'm making the entire thing available to my patrons uh, so if you subscribe to my premium podcast, which is two bucks a month, you can access that entire extra podcast that did come out today. Uh, and if you want to learn how to subscribe to get all those extra goodies in the premium podcast, 
All the information is at jessemercury.com or you can head straight to my Patreon page, patreon.com slash sci-fi project. Do me a solid and head over to iTunes to leave us a positive rating and review. And also, if you listen to Sci-Fi on Trial, I would love some more reviews for Sci-Fi on Trial as well. Positive ratings and reviews. That show doesn't have enough yet to show up with a rating. So if we could get a couple more and show up with with a five-star rating, that would make me very, very happy. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you soon.